Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. I like to hear, that's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Oh, yesterday was, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day, and woo, we were loaded with, let's talk about a Tuesday, and we ain't never got to the church folk part. Oh, we talk about how the uh, the homeless out in a Yonkers hotel who have been paying $150 a day, $120 a day, how they have been woo, booted out of the hotel. For the migrants, yes, they woke up, went to uh, pay for their day's fee to stay at their home because, you know, in the hotel, they can stay by day. They can't afford to uh, afford an apartment, so they've been paying by the day at the hotel only to be told that there was no more room. They were booked. And uh, upon inquiring, they were told that the room had to be given to the migrants. Yes. Now, can you imagine being kicked out of a homeless hotel? And I'm still trying to figure out how you're homeless if you can afford that kind of rent. But You've been kicked out, and now they show one of the mothers having to change her child's diaper on a bench in the street. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine what that must be like? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, we also talked about that uh, situation over in Tennessee where the illegal immigrants 
who had been just beaten up, beaten up, beaten up on this woman for a history of 12 years. He was an illegal immigrant, well, he is an illegal immigrant from Cuba who had also been charged and was going to jail, a post-jail trial, for setting their house on fire. Yes. Well, they were on their way. Yes, her, they, 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 she and him were on their way to court for that particular incident when she told him she did not want to be with him anymore. She was leaving him while well, he took out a eight-pound dumbbell, knocked her over the head, pulled her out of the car, and uh, he cut off her head with a machete. Oh, my goodness. Well, the kicker was that they had tried to deport him about five years earlier and could not. Why? Because Cuba refused to take him because his travel documents were not in its right order. Now, can you imagine he's from Cuba and ICE could not deport him here in the United States back to his home country because his paperwork to get back into that country was not right. Boy, they sure know how to kick the U.S. in the behind. Yeah. So uh, we stuck. We're stuck with him. Well, he will be serving some nice amount of time in jail. Won't be in Cuba, but he won't be walking around the streets of Tennessee any longer. Wow. We really got our talk on yesterday. There's another brewing story. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to bring it up today. It depends on how juicy Vivian's socially conscious segment is going to be today. Yeah. We don't know what Vivian's coming with, as always. And uh, she may have us set up to talk all morning long about her socially conscious segment. We may not even get to our own topic today. But we'll see. You know, this migrant issue has become a real, real bad situation. There's no other way to say it. You know, it's one thing to hear that we're receiving approximately 36,000 people a month in a country where we're already facing a homeless situation. We have our own homeless people here. But when we're getting to stories 
like the ones we did yesterday, it's really showing how out of hand this migrant, these asylum seekers stories are really getting. It's really, really over the top. After yesterday's story, my fear is the stories will get worse. Based on what we talked about yesterday, I can't see anything coming. I mean, I can't see anything coming down the pipeline that's going to be better if things don't straighten up. If they don't get a handle on this situation, it's going to really be a bad, 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 bad situation. It is going to get worse because it's getting worse. It's gotten worse. And we can only go down if they don't fix this. They can only go down. Because if enough of us don't get to praying against the problem we have, we are not going to see this situation get better. So you better grab up your friends. And if they don't know the Lord, you better start introducing them. Because if not, we are going to be facing a situation that is going to be so horrific that prayer will seem like a minor thing. We need to be before the Lord, people. We need to make sure our lives are correct before the Lord. Because if not, our lives and our lifestyles will hinder our prayers from being answered. And the casualties of war are going to be very innocent beings. Very innocent beings. So I really, really, really beg you to not just get to praying. Because again, if we're receiving this because our lives are not right, and this is God's way of letting us know what's happening because we have rejected Christ, because we have rejected him, because we have boldly told him, no thank you, that we are in some great, great, great difficulty. We're not going to be able to see our way clear from what's going to come down the pipeline. Prayer is not going to be good enough if our lives are not seen correct before the Lord, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. It is simply not going to work. 
Because if we're still telling God no and we're praying, we're going to be working against us. This is serious. This is serious. And we better wake up because if we don't, there is nothing we're going to be able to do. There's nothing, 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 nothing we're going to be able to do. So, let's get it together. Let's get it together. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. And you know what we do over here. When it's Wednesday, we are not, we are not, we are not in a slump. We are not in a hump day. We are in a wow phase. So come on, come on, come on. Get to dial in. Tell somebody that it's due time. We're past the step. It's on. Make sure you go get that healthy breakfast. And uh, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Every day, signs warn us of danger. But often, hepatitis B won't give you a warning. Hepatitis B often doesn't cause symptoms. One in 12 Asian Americans is infected with hepatitis B and most don't know it. In fact, hepatitis B is the number one cause of liver cancer among Asian Americans. Hepatitis B is a virus that is most often spread through infected blood. It is not spread through air or by sharing food or utensils. If left untreated, it can lead to serious liver problems. Testing is the only way to know if you have hepatitis B. Talk to your doctor today about getting tested. Treatments are available that can save your life. morning good morning and good morning again welcome back to it's due time with pastor steph and it is wow wednesday thank you so much for joining us we are so grateful to god for ushering us into this part of the week we're halfway through and we're celebrating today that god is on the throne and uh, <laughs> we are blessed we are blessed we are blessed to be on this side of the grave and I am so happy to have you with me this morning and uh, I can't wait to get to our socially conscious segment 
So let's uh, get there right now. Let's say good morning to our girlfriend, Vivian. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well. Thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm glad you fine. What you got for us today? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, wasn't much news left out there after Pastor Steph was done with us yesterday, but uh, let's get started. <laughs> today we are starting off with what seems like the theme this week is kiddos in some shape, way, shape, or form. Starting off with a fifth grade teacher out in Florida who is currently under investigation after she showed a Disney movie during class that featured a gay character. Jenna Barbie, who teaches at Winding Waters K-8 in Brookville, says she wanted to show her students a movie about Earth because that was their current focus in science class. She says the Disney movie, which is rated PG, and gives a description about a family of explorers trying to save their world from a strange power outage. The movie was titled A Strange World, and it is said to have featured a gay teenager, which is what sparked concern for a parent and a school board member, uh, Shannon Rodriguez. Rodriguez says, quote, movies such as this, they assist teachers in opening a door and assist teachers in opening a door of conversation that have no place in our classrooms, end quote. Ms. Barbie, the teacher, says, I showed a Disney movie that had a character who was gay, which is only portrayed in two minutes and 30 seconds and crossed the entire hour and 45-minute film. And that didn't phase me because there's no sexualization or inappropriate concept. So again, Ms. Barbie is now under investigation, and the school says at the end of the day she showed this movie and did not get approval, which is what they were supposed to do in the school. So the question on the table is, who is right? She's saying it was just two minutes and 30 seconds out of the whole film. No big whoop, right? Or are we questioning whether this was intentional? If this um, should have been shown, these were a group of 10-year-olds, and the movie was rated PG. So this is an interesting topic. Uh, and a lot of these movies today, a lot of these shows today, you can't go nowhere. You can't watch nothing these days without seeing, you know, that representation of the LGBTQ community. So this is an interesting one. And this is definitely going to start changing things in the school because it's not a lot of things you can show the kids these days that's not representing that community. So it was an interesting story. Next we have, and the likes of David from the Bible, reports say a teenager out in Missouri helped save his younger sister from an alleged kidnapper by shooting the suspect with a slingshot. They say the eight-year-old girl was mushroom hunting in her backyard on Wednesday when an unknown male appeared from the woods. 
They say she came, he came from behind her, grabbed her like you see in the movies, hand over the mouth, arm around the waist, and he was attempting to pull her into the woods. They say the girl was able to break free. To break free. Police say her 13-year-old brother also witnessed the attack and shot the assailant in the head and in the chest with a slingshot. The suspect fled the area but was located by state troopers hiding at a nearby gas station and was able to be identified in part due to his injuries from the slingshot. They say the suspect was identified as a 17-year-old male. He was taken into custody, and he allegedly confessed to the detectives that he had planned on severely beating the little girl. The suspect was arranged on Thursday on one count of attempted kidnapping, child enticement, one count of attempted assault to do great bodily harm, less than murder, and one count of assault and battery. The suspect is being charged as an adult, but his name has not yet been released by police. His bond was set for $150,000, and his next court date appearance is scheduled for today. So definitely a crazy story to hear <laughs> how he saved his little sister with a slingshot at that age. And for this 17-year-old boy to come out and confess that he was planning to take this little girl and to severely beat her. <laughs> Definitely a good um, ending to a very scary story. Next, we have a story of 53-year-old Richard Chamberlain, who they say waged a year-long series of attacks on a Southern California Planned Parenthood clinic using a BB gun. They say at least 11 attacks targeted a Planned Parenthood facility in Pasadena, between June 2020 and May 2021, no one was seriously injured, but they say that the staff was terrified and the building was damaged <clears throat> from his attacks. Police say they were able to stop Chamberlain after May 7th of 2021. Um, they found him, he, and he found him with eight BB guns and a backpack containing a loaded point. 22 caliber pistol. The U.S. Attorney's Office said that Chamberlain, who was convicted in Arizona in 2012 of felony attempted transportation of a narcotic for sale, subsequently tried to sell or transfer ownership of other firearms. A search of his home found thousands of rounds of ammunition, gunpowder, and as well as some BB guns and other weapons. Chamberlain pleaded guilty in December to one count of violating the Federal Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act. <laughs> Never heard of that before. And one count of being a felon of possession of a firearm. So he has been sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison. And we, would, we just thank God because he had the BB guns, but he also was found with multiple real guns and was just out there doing what he thought was right. So thank God they caught him before those BB guns moved on up to the real thing. And we would have had another, you know, one of these shootings on our hands. 
Now we are on our wow story of the week. <clears throat> we know the saying well, family over everything, or blood is thicker than water. In this next story, this officer took that to heart, and he is being accused of handcuffing a man and allowing his brother to beat on him. They say James Sims is being charged with first-degree kidnapping, felony, third-degree assault, and misdemeanor assault. They are saying that Sims worked for the North County Police Department. The agency said that in November, Sims was on duty when he received a call from his brother, Robert Sims, seeking help because the brother was involved in a fight. They say while on duty, the former officer to a home, handcuffed the man, and allowed his brother to beat on him. The man suffered several facial injuries. Somehow, some way, nothing happened after that with the Sims brothers, and they continued to harass this man. It was also reported that James Sims was on duty back in April when he confronted the same man at a convenience store and assaulted him again. So he has been arrested. His bond has been set to $250,000. Robert Sims, the brother, was also charged with one count of third-degree assault. And it's also it's just crazy to me that when you make something of yourself or you achieve something good in life, like becoming a police officer, at least to some people, or someone famous, that you still associate yourself with people that just don't mean you no good, and you allow them to take you down. Now, you're a police officer, and you're using that power to <laughs> beat up on this man because your brother got into a fight instead of you <clears throat> using your power for good. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me. My username on Facebook is Vivian VM, And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. I think I, I okay. The name of the 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 movie was A Strange World. Is that what you said? Yes, just Strange World. Strange World. Oh, oh Strange World. Okay, thank you. All right, Vivian. As always, you bring us these stories. Uh, stick around, please. If uh, we need any clarity, we'll need yes, to come ma'am. to you. Thank you so much. And if we don't speak to you again, have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Oh, boy. We stay in trouble. <laughs> we stay in trouble. Let's say good morning. To our elder night teacher as we start talking to the ladies this morning. Good morning, elder night teacher. Good morning, Pastor Seth, and all of our listeners and my fellow sisters. Good morning. 
Good morning, man. If we got a reason to say peace, be still. <laughs> we sure do this morning. This is all about peace, be still. The whole thing. So you set the tone this morning for Vivian's stories. So <laughs> we've got this fifth grade teacher who, you know, she wants to uh, slither through what she's done by saying, mm-hmm. you know, out of the whole hour and change of this movie, it was only two minutes and 45 seconds of this uh, gay child or character in the story. Mm-hmm. What do you think about her showing this movie and it having some level of LGBTQ content? Again, I think it, you know, continues to perpetuate what we've been saying, and it is, you know, educators that are overstepping boundaries um, simply because um, there is a society that is advocating and pushing, you know, um, this level of equality doesn't mean that we want our children exposed to that. That is a decision that should be made by parents to what level we want our children exposed to it, at what point we want our children exposed to it. We understand that it is a part of the world. We understand that it is a part of so much of what we see on TV. But parents get to control the narrative of that. And, again, when educators and when our school systems begin to step into these spaces of authority where they just start you know, showing things or permitting things, it's overstepping boundaries. And, and really, I just, I mean, I, I, parents of, of this generation, uh, of these children who are, you know, in middle school and high school and um, elementary school have to begin to really open their mouths and cry loud um, against these things because if you don't, then you will have absolutely no control over hard, how to guard your children. And we are charged with that. We are charged with guarding our children. But when you have educators that can make decisions without your permission, that's a problem that we ought to really be fighting back against. All right. Hey, yes, ma'am. Let's say good morning to our Lady Tamika. And uh, see what she has to say about this two minutes and 45 seconds. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you, to our ladies, and, of course, our listeners. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. Good, good. It's only two minutes and 45 seconds. Really? You can't live with this? Okay. You know, people crack me up with, with, with that, you know, and I and I get it. You know, there are a lot of things that um, you can't avoid now. You know, um, Vivian was really right. You know, there's so many things now that the element is everywhere. However... You didn't follow the rules. You just decided to usurp your authority by doing what you felt like you wanted to do, whether your agenda was to show that or not. You know, you 
follow the protocol, you know, that so that you don't get yourself in, in that type of situation. You know, and I, I think about it. If I punched you for two minutes and such and such and such, would you feel the residual effects of it? Or, 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 or it's only two minutes, you know. And our children now are so wise, you know, now, even when you think they're not paying attention. You know, I've been in a room with children and I've done something. I remember um, I had mentioned it before. I had made a hot dog um, and I had put some some uh, beans in the middle of the, the hot dog, you know, and the the child was watching television. Never turned my I, when I tell you, he never turned my way. Never looked at me. And um, I ate my little hot dog and paid, you know, and 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 went about my way. So then minutes later, he goes, Mom, I want a hot dog. So she said, Okay, no problem. I'll fix your hot dog. And you know, the beans were in the. He was like, No, I want it cut in the middle with the beans. And I'm like, Where did he see that? You the whole entire time. I never saw you look my way. And it was only, how long does it take to, to put a hot dog and some beans? And that's probably about two minutes or so, you know. And so now you copy in behavior that you see. So if you think that it doesn't affect, it can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. It only takes a second. They don't need no whole bunch of time to do, see, witness, imitate anything at all. Ah, well, I'm Minister Michelle is not on with us this morning. She's well, but she's not on with us, had to travel. And we are going to say good morning to our girl, Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Ah, how are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm well, thank you, I'm well. All right, listen, I showed a movie out of a whole hour and change, only two minutes and 45 seconds. I counted. I took the time to count how long. <laughs> this individual was on this screen. Y'all can't tell me I ain't do my due diligence. I ain't do my homework. I can tell you how long this was going on for. You mean to tell me that outweighs the bigger picture? Yes. It's way too much of these decisions being made for the parent cleared by whomever, the principal, the whoever, you know, any books you wanted to read, any films that were being shown or anything that was being discussed. I thought all of that had to be cleared, but because, these teachers have just been given leeway to show whatever, say whatever, do whatever, talk about whatever. It's you counted. That's more concerning than if you was like, oh, I didn't realize that was in in the film. What do you mean you counted? It's like a creep. You sat there and counted the minutes. It just way this way too much leeway being given to these schools over what the children are exposed to and you have no control over like it was said over how any of the students pick up on this that could have been the only thing they picked up on the little two minutes and whatever seconds have been the only part that they pay attention to how many times have you know you've been um it wasn't even like a, a sex ed video but 
anything that had to do with sex in any way or if, if the narrator even said sex in the film and the whole class is quiet. And as soon as the narrator, so, 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 because sex, they was like, oh, oh, it's okay, well, now everybody's awake, okay. And then after that, everybody's dead again. You would think the whole class would be sleeping. So you, you can't dictate that. It, there's way too much leeway being given. You know, it, it's, I still ask, whatever happened to ABC and 123? I, I, I'm still trying to figure this one out. How do we get here? How do we get here to where everybody is going rogue? It just doesn't seem to matter at all what we do, how we disregard rights. It, we just, everybody's going rogue. All righty. As Vivian said, oh, somebody's been listening to the David and Goliath story. <laughs> oh, boy. As this uh, boy, you know, uh, defended his sister with his slingshot. And, you know, come to find out, against a 17-year-old, unfortunately, not even someone who was like a full-blown adult, but thanking God that, you know, somebody was on their P's and Q's. And I may not have had a knife or a gun, but I'll use whatever is in my possession to get the job done. What do we say about this, Lady Tamika? Oh, this, this world, this world, this is why we need to pray. Um, excuse me. No, this is, this is why we, we need to pray and, and cover our children, you know, and, you know, I'm grateful for David who got his three stones and, <laughs> and reared back, you know, uh, the only thing is he didn't kill him. You know, it's a, it's a new story. It's, you know, we're in a new generation, so they don't kill now. They just <laughs> they wound you really, really bad. But it'll make you think before you do it the next time. You know, my concern is, you know, this 17-year-old that decided to, like, back in the day, we didn't think about hurting somebody that we didn't know, you know. And so it's obvious that, that he didn't know her, and, and you're just going to, hurt an innocent child, you know, and, and with possible intention of, of killing her. And so what happens now? You know, okay, fine. He got caught. Does he do it again? You know, we haven't really solved, solved the problem. Okay, fine. You incarcerate him. Then what? You know, if he gets out, you know, as an adult, what happens then? That's my concern. No, a lot to think about, a lot to think about. Oh, Shantice, you know, thanking God that uh, somebody was thinking on their feet, even if I have to pull out my slingshot and some stones. Are you talking to the mute button? I'm sorry. So a brother protected his sister by using a slingshot on someone? Yep. <laughs> I guess he's like, this, my enemies necessary. 
this this is what I had on me, or this is what you know I was prepared to do in case something happened. So, so if I had to use it, then I don't feel sorry. <laughs> it's probably where you're feeling. Alrighty, Elder Natisha, Elder Natisha, the Bible stories come to life. I love it. I mean, this is why we take our children to Sunday school, so that they can learn these Bible stories, identify the giants in their life, and take them down. <laughs> Amen. 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 Uh, you know, um, and I, I think, you know, my prayer is that the same way that, you know, he was able to do that in the natural, he'll also continue to do that in the spirit. And I, I also just want to encourage you know, uh, parents, you know, the, and we talk a lot about praying. And the Bible does instruct us, you know, to pray. And it, it also instructs us to watch as well as pray. So when we're praying over our children, we also be, need to be able to watch and identify the ways that the enemy has, you know, um, tried to grab hold of their souls at early ages. Um, because it, it's not. This is not new. It's not new where we hear the stories of 17-year-olds um, snatching kids, molesting kids. You know, I just heard a story um, from a, you know, 40, 50-something-year-old who talked about the fact that there was a, a teenage boy who was molesting all the boys in the neighborhood. So there were about oh. 10 of them in the community, and this one 17-year-old boy, was molesting all the little boys in in the community. And so you know, when you think about your 17-year-old, your 18-year-old, your 16, your 15-year-old, watching them, watching their tendencies, being able to identify if something is not right and getting them help early um, is so important. So, yes, let's pray over our children, but let's watch as well as pray to be able to offset the schemes, tactics, and strongholds that the enemy, you know, tries to, 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 to place on their lives and in their lives at early ages. The enemy understands that if he can, from the very foundation, have things grow up almost like a wheat inside of our children to destroy them right. and to call them, cause them self-destruct, right. he will do it. So we have to be mindful of, of, of what we're praying and let God give us discernment about our children and watch as well. Amen, amen. It is it's scary, you know, when when Vivian said that, you know, it was a 17-year-old. And, and the first thing I thought about, I'm like, you know, what happened to just protecting one another as kids? You know, it, it's just not, it, it's just very disturbing to, you know, to think that this is just the things that they do now. The more and more and more we're doing stories of just menacing, you know, just menacing behavior, but from young, from the young. So, you know, again, as as uh, Lady Tamika said, you know, if we don't watch um, them, well, as Elder Natisha said, if we don't watch them, then as Lady Tamika said, you know, what's going to happen to him later? You know, because right now they're looking to throw him in jail. You know, will he get help? Will he, you know, get the the attention, the correct attention that he needs? Not just the punishment, but, 
you know, is there something going on in his life that now, you know, he's, you know, acting out in this manner. So there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot. And, you know, a lot of times they slip through the cracks because just like Elder Nutchie said, we're not watching. All the symptoms are there. All the signs are there. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. Oh, boy. All right. So we have <laughs> we have the man with the BB gun who's menacing the Planned Parenthood um, place. And, you know, now that abortions are illegal, you're wondering why are you targeting, you know, these these uh, facilities. Thank God that, as Vivian said, you know, as as bad as a BB gun can do you, we know that, you know, the other firearms that he did have uh, could have definitely done a lot more damage. Um, but, you know, is this what we're still looking out for? You know, are we still watching out for people who are targeting these facilities, even though there's no more abortions, Shachi. We haven't grown any of these things here. I'm sorry. A man with a BB gun went to shoot up what kind of clinic? Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. And it <laughs> comes to find out he ended up having a, an actual firearm on you know on him and when i guess when they searched his home they um found quite a few other firearms and he ended up pleading guilty and he got he was sentenced to two and a half years in prison i mean is this long enough for someone who's targeting our you know people people period you know, two and a half years, is that all we get? Is that, you know what, let me ask this question. Does the punishment fit the crime? You know, that's my common question, and I'll ask that here. No. If you're walking, if you're shooting, why are you mad that people are reproducing? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I can see why you're asking the question, why is everyone rushing to reproduce considering, you know, we're seeing the product of the reproduction, but why are you that mad to where now you want to go up in there and kill people? Two years is definitely not enough. That's definitely not enough for someone who sat at home and came up with this plan and took weapons up to this facility to kill somebody. How is two years enough? Because no one died? There were no fatalities reported? Uh, maybe that, that's not. It. Maybe not. Oh, the night teacher does it for punishment fit the crime. It doesn't, and it, and it leads us right back to the question at hand. It, it's so interesting. I, I see the parallel here, right? The, the conversation with um, weight versus role was about life and when does life begin and things of that nature, right? And which was what caused them to overthrow, uh, overturn abortion, right, and now make it illegal. So here's what's interesting. A person can now take a gun, 
go into the place where, um, you know, they deem that life is important. <laughs> and so we can't have abortions because they deem that life is important. The court, the justice system deemed that life is important. Yet when this person is actually taking a life that is present or aiming or attempting to take a full grown life, they can only get two years. <laughs> like help it make sense. That makes absolutely no sense. Our justice system is so unstable and double-minded in all of its ways because if we have overturned a law based on the common um, thread of it is a life, and because it is a life, we're going to take a hard stance against it. But now a person can attempt to take a full-grown, full-blown life, and we only give them two years. Again, it just shows the perverse nature and the dysfunction of the world we live in. And this is why we can't place our hope or our, our trust or faith in it. We've got to just turn back to God and put our faith, hope, and trust there. Absolutely. So it's not saying the same thing. Like, hey, two and a half years for attempted what? Oh, Lady Tamika. Does the punishment fit the crime? Absolutely not. Two years, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, I think about, like, with everything now, why is that your target? You know, is there something that we are not privy to? Did a woman that you're involved with abort a child towards the end Um, uh, you know, what is it that we're not getting the information of, you know, and, and, and that's what makes me think, you know, you're bitter, you're angry, um, for not having a child. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, that has something to do because you don't just, you know, then again, nowadays people are just really different, (laughs) you know, but I, I would out my, my thought would be that that's what you're doing. You know, there's, there's a life that, you, you're missing a child or something like that that would make you do that, or maybe you lost a child recently, you know, which, um, again, you know, would, would cause you to go in that area. You know, I pray for the motive, like, like what is in your mindset? You know, I often pray for why did you do such and such, you know, because obviously there's a motive um, for why you're doing what you're doing. You know, we, it's, again, you know, we can incarcerate somebody, whether it's two years or 90 years, you know, and we have to work on the mentality of why it caused you to do that. Or we could have repeat offenders. Uh, you know, this is, this is where the repeat offenders come from. Absolutely. You know, when, you know, we, you know, we're just, people are just playing out evil. They're wicked and they're evil. And we're not going to ever be able to satisfy everybody. You had them targeting the abortion clinics and places like Planned Parenthood because they were taking lives. So you had them bombing, shooting, all kinds of things. Now you don't have to worry about that stuff and you still have someone targeting, you know, the, the, the people at these facilities. 
you're never ever going to be able to get a handle on what it is that people want. And someone will always be mad. So, you know, this, this is going to be something that will happen until the very end because this this here, there's no rhyme, no reason. And that brings me to our next um, and our final story today. You know, I've seen people, whether you are a person in authority or not, support unrighteousness, support craziness, support silliness, support just because they family. I don't care what they were doing. They just simply support family. And when I've asked, that, well, where were you when all of this was going on? This person was acting up. Well, you know, I was doing the same thing. Why? Because I got to stick up for my family. What, what, what is this thing about family that, you know, we just support regardless of whether there's logic behind it or not? And now we have this issue of the worst part of it is that you are a person in in uh, in, in a line of authority, elder night teacher. I mean, what are we doing when we just support craziness because it's family? This has been something I have been um, interesting enough talking about for the past uh, two weeks or so, just even in my personal life with just reconciling uh, some things, like with, even with my siblings, with my sisters. And one, I think for those of us who are and who have uh, given our life to Christ, we are first children of God. I am first a child of right. God. And then I am all of these other things. Um, and the reason why that becomes important is because it is my identity as a woman of God that then determines how I navigate everything else in my life. And so I stand right. on the side of righteousness, of holiness. And so that's for those of us who identify as such, as individuals who um, are servants of the Most High God, that we are that first and that then governs how we interact with all of the other elements of our life. But I also think that, you know, there is a it's, – it's always been kind of warped where, you know, family secrets, and, and there could be all kind of destruction and abuse going on in the family, but it was like, nope, you got to keep that family secret because that's, that's your uncle. And so, so what he slept with, his niece, you know, just like right. it, it has been so perverse. And, and I believe that, it, of course, it stems from the idea that, you know, there is strength in family. There is strength in unity. And, and so family is a beautiful thing. But I think when we start uh, covering and offering uh, what we call love void of truth, then it's no longer love. Because I right. think love is identified by its truth, by its action. And so you thought you were loving your brother by utilizing a trust that was handed over to you as an officer 
So you abused your authority. Here's the God complex. So you you, you abused your authority to give your brother access to someone who you're supposed to be protecting and guarding simply because, oh, yeah, that's that's my blood. That, that right there, that's my brother. It's perverted. Yep. The idea of family is perverted. And, and so this is why we have to identify how the enemy will take things that are meant for good, that are unity, that, that does enforce unity and strength, but pervert it to be something else and to be ugly and to be destructive. Absolutely, absolutely. Lady Tamika, always supporting just because your family, whether it makes sense, whether it's right, what, does that even make sense to you? It's that ideal of wanting to belong, you know, um, family, you know. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's not even so much blood, you know. Um, this is how um, gangs start, you know, that ideal of, you know, assistance. But we're talking in this instance, we're literally talking about blood, you know, and we know all kinds of stuff, you know, that families can do, you know, and still even within the dysfunction, still function, you know. Um, you and I can fight as siblings, you know, cuss each other out, beat each other up, blah, 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 you know. But when somebody else crosses a line, you know, I can say what I want to say about my sibling. I can do whatever it is that I want to do about my sibling. But if somebody else comes around, you know, it's funny because we're enemies as siblings, but Somebody else crossed the line, so now we're friends just to accomplish that one thing. And I've seen family do that, you know, like, y'all don't even like each other. But because somebody else on the outside, you know, offended mm-hmm. one of you, you know, you come along. And not only do you come yep. along, you bring your brothers, your cousins, your uncle, you know, Big Bubba, you know, that just got out of jail, you know, and he's on his way back because he just got out and because you called him, you know. And just because you called him, and, and here, here, here we go with, with situations like that. Let's go all the way back to the life that was taken um, when, when uh, the woman went into the store um, and she didn't have enough money for chips, but she called the son. Yep. He went in there. And, yep. you know, so this is the type of foolishness that we're talking about. I'm not going to willingly, especially as a child of God, I'm not going to willingly go into your, your foolishness. You're going to have to talk to me. You're going to have to explain to me what it is that transpired. Well, he did such and such and such. Wait a minute. What did you do? What role did you play? How did we end up here? Nobody thinks about that. We just go through that ammunition, and we, we, we're looking at the relative, and the relative is all out of sorts and yelling and screaming and hollering about the situation, and we go in, you know, not knowing the whole thing. You know, and a lot of times in the end, we're the one ending with the short end of the stick. Understand that this relative is the one that is the officer. So you feel right. like, okay, because he's the officer, you're safe. Who says? You know, just because that person is the officer, there are other people that can see what's going down, and you're going to take the fall, genius. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Shanti, we've seen the convoluted thinking. I've never grasped the concept of, you know, my fight is your fight. You know, I've I've had family say to me like, "Oh, I'm not 
you know, I'm not dealing with so-and-so anymore. So, like, pretty much I don't expect you to talk to me like, oh, that's beautiful. But I'm so happy. I dictate who I converse with or who I'm around or who I'm not around. And, it's you know, it's all because I, I, I never understood. I, I've heard it too, you know, Pastor stuff. where I've watched. I have witnessed someone act. Well, they probably wasn't acting. But someone showed they didn't have no sense. And the other person had maybe 2% sense. But because this whole mentality of I got to rock with you because you're family, I've watched the expression on their face change from why are they acting like that to I'm about to join this fight to I'm in this fight with you. And I'm just looking and I was like, you are like... How you go from that to that? There is no way. The Bible even tells us how to deal with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, which is the first family. The Bible tells us that family comes before our blood family. And the Bible tells us that even when if we start to act a certain way, God is like, leave them alone. Your brother and sister in Christ. So what do you think he would say? If everybody's living in the world doing whatever they're doing. And those are the ones who get you in trouble. The, the, the ones who, like Lady Tamika said, we've heard how many times, you know, someone calls a family member to the fight. They didn't say they're the one who started the fight. And now either that's the person who is hurt or that's the person who's dead or that's the person who's locked up. And it's like, at what point are we going to understand that you can't just rock with people just by default, just because you're family, just because you're friends, just because I'm married to your sister, or just because, no, you, you have to take the time to analyze what you're getting yourself into because you're going to be left by yourself to deal with whatever comes along with you joining in with whatever you join in on. Absolutely. You know, and, and to Vivian's point also, you know, here you've established something. And now because you're supporting your brother, now you're going now you now you're on the losing end. And you know, I I always I always question the mentality of the one who makes the phone call. The one who calls you mm-hmm. into the melee. You know, mm-hmm. they don't care nothing about you. That is not love. Love is not where you gonna pull mm-hmm. me in, fight with you over something stupid, silly, insignificant, something that could easily be worked out another way. You know, to me, that's not love. You know, so now you call your brother to help you because you're in a fight. You don't care anything about the brother who has everything to risk at this point. And most times, you know, as you ladies have pointed out, nobody asks any valid questions. (laughs) Before you go and get involved, you're already in it, you know. So it's really something that we really need to think about, you know, before we give up everything that we've worked for. You know, even if it's sanity. Mm. Even if you've worked for your sanity, you know, you have now, you know, really uh, taken a risk at your own freedom or everything you worked for. So to me, that that was the silly part as well. Uh, thank you, ladies. 
for uh, indulging me on our socially conscious. I'm going to bring up a story from yesterday to give uh, Elton Atisha and Lady Tamika an opportunity to weigh in on this situation. You know, we talked, uh, Vivian's story talked about, you know, those people in some level of authority who make decisions for our children. The parents don't have an opportunity to make a decision before it's all just done. And then we have to respond to your decision-making. Well, that's exactly what I thought about yesterday when I, well, the night before last, when I read the story, and I'm going to start off the same way I started yesterday with the caption, migrants to be housed in six more New York City school gyms, outraged parents say plan is just insane. Now, here's the problem. It's not just a plan. Unfortunately, it has gone well past the planning phase as we're hearing it's six more. So, again, as we talked about yesterday, they are opening up six more schools to house, to be a temporary housing for the migrants that they are bringing here in droves. To New York City, we have one school that has already received 300 cots. They have laid them out. They have set them up. They've got. I can't. I can't see what's on these cots. That's in this plastic. I don't know if it's a pillow. I don't know what it is. But they. Uh, they are expecting these 300 migrants to be housed in a school in Staten Island. They are being housed in gyms that are separate from the rest of the school. So, in other words, as we said yesterday, there are some schools, I still can't find a word in this uh, particular um article where they merge the cafeteria and the gym. There are some schools where they merge the cafeteria, the gym, and the auditorium. Where they found the ones that have a separate gym. And unfortunately, the auditorium is not a place where they can have their gym time. The cafeteria is not the place where they could have their gym time. So what's happened in these schools, the gym period has been taken away. Also, this is a um, this is going to be temporary housing for the all men population, all male population, because the hotels again have first been given to families. So now you have the adults inside of the gym. They are housed 300 in the gym with one bathroom, 
without a shower. Because remember, these are elementary schools and middle schools. They're either K through 5 or, or uh, middle schools up to the 8th grade. So there are no showers in these schools. So they these men do not have a place to shower on the premises. The parents are in an uproar because they bring up the fact that we cannot go into the school without ID. We, that has long been done away with. When you go up in the school, in order for you to sign in to go to a class, to go to the office, for a child to be brought to you, you have to provide your identification, your photo identification. Well, we know these people have none. So now you have kept us out with children on the premises that belong to us, but yet you have 300 men who are in the school, same time during school hours. There is a school that uh, their their playtime is now in the street. They have blocked off the street so that the children can play in the street because the men are here. You should see, they have upgraded the pictures, y'all. <laughs> the pictures I described yesterday, oh, they have upgraded them. You see the men laying on a cot with the, with the blankets pulled over their heads. Oh, they must be blankets. Okay, they were blankets in the plastic because now the picture has been up, updated where they're not just the cots. They have them luxuriating with their legs propped up. They are looking through cell phones. Oh, they are sleep. Oh, my gosh. This is all going on during school hours. So some. Um, some people have said they're pulling their children out of the schools and until they can make better accommodations, these cannot be, um, this can't be the default. Um, we have the statement from the mayor who says, and I quote, We've received more than 4,200 asylum seekers last week alone and continue to receive hundreds of asylum seekers every day. We are opening emergency shelters and respite centers there, but we are able as we work to fill our moral mandate, but we should all expect this crisis to affect every city service. We will continue to communicate with local elected officials as we open more emergency sites. They have yet to say who came up with this brilliant idea, but we do hear from that statement alone that not only do our local officials, they knew this was coming down the pipeline, but the mayor has put his stamp on it. Now, I would love to see these these people, these 300 migrants, in their children's school. But that's just Stephanie. 
So we're going to give, Shanti spoke yesterday, so we're going to give opportunity to comment on this uh, situation, especially being that we just spoke about the teacher who we are in an uproar about showing the two minutes and 45 seconds of the character that we have not approved of. Okay, uh, let's start with you, Elder Natisha. I really believe that here we're seeing um, what continues to happen throughout anything that we allow small access to, where we can see the enemy or the serpent talking as a serpent in one area, as a snake in one area, becoming a dragon in another area at another time. When we don't handle it from the very beginning of things and we just let things slide and we just thought that, oh, you know, they're just making these little decisions and then, you know, it became a, a more important situation. And now here we are and you are moving people into the school. How are our children supposed to stay focused? How, like, we're taking away from the experience of school for our children as we've once known school to be. Part of the highlight of school, when we think back to the memories of school, there were so many things that took place at recess, that took place in the gym, that took place out in, in the schoolyard. And now when you take it in the lunchroom, when you take all of that away, you are literally revamping what our children's uh, schooling experience is going to look like and what it's going to be, and you're putting them at danger because... If you have children walking along the school with a with a, a pass to go to the bathroom and you have some person who is going walking down the halls also looking to see whom he may devour, like what is the danger here? You are little you you could potentially be bringing predators into the school. What happens to protecting children? What happens to protecting them? Parents. I can't I can't emphasize this enough like we've like there should be outrage there should be picketing like there should be walkouts like teachers who are parents how do you how do you even see this as, as to be okay and we need to be calling attention to the mayor to say to him this is unacceptable this is unacceptable if y'all are making decisions around allowing these people to come here then you need to find something to do with them that does not impact our children your decision should never impact the children we've we've set that's 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 the product of a healthy home when parents don't let what they go through impact the children so then in a society do we not think that the, that it, what we do and, and, and how we, the decisions that we make, we should not allow to impact our, our children? Mm-hmm. Like I'm out, I, don't, I don't even have um, school-age children anymore, but I do have a grandson. And, and I, I'm, that's ridiculous. So I, too, will, will be, like, if I speak about parents being outraged and getting out there, I'm going to be a grandmother that's going to be outraged and get out there and open my mouth. It's time to send letters. We should be calling the mayor's office. Like, let action, people. Let's get to it. Action. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, this should not be a quiet home in New yep. York City. 
there nope. should not be a quiet home. You know, last night I spent all night strategizing how I plan to rally us mm. together because this this is disgusting at its best. Mm. This is disgusting at its best. Lady Tamika, what say you? Now, I'm going to put in my disclaimer. You know, everybody knows that I have no children. But I am pissed to the highest level of pissicity, if that ever exists. Because my <laughs> thing is, you included. You know, I, I really am. This, you know, this this affects me in a way that I can't, I can't even explain because I'm everybody's, you know, auntie. You know, every child, you know, is my child, you know, when I, when I look at it this way. Because this doesn't make sense. Where do we, if you don't believe that the enemy has an agenda on our children, look at where we are. I, as an everyday citizen, when I go to, let's just say, you know, to pick up a nephew or, you know, to um, go to the school, I have to put my signature, I have to give you my ID, you know, you you have to know who I am. You have people who, in this instance, in some instances, don't even speak the language, and they're in Mm -hmm. your facilities. You don't know, you haven't done, don't tell me that you've done any form of back research to find out what these people have, you know, where they've come from. I guarantee you that you haven't done any health checks to see that prior to them coming here, they're even healthy. Whether we're talking physically, whether we're talking mentally, we we haven't done a thorough background check. You know, have you been incarcerated? You're just bringing them here. I keep saying, keep putting the cart before the horse and expecting it to move. You know, and... My thing is, especially the one thing that we should be guarding is our children. Our children are our future. And so if you're cutting them off now, what are you expecting in the future? We're not going to have much more if you keep doing all these kinds of craziness. You know, the, the enemy literally has an agenda. And like you said, there shouldn't be rest. The mayor shouldn't even be able to sleep at all. We, I mean, day and night, 2 o'clock in the morning, calling sitting outside the property, mm-hmm. whatever it is that we need to do yeah. to get the, you need to understand. And it, it just, it just doesn't make sense. You, Oh, well, we all need to play. Well, why? We were all born here. Now, you know, I, I, this is what I, I get it. We need to help a couple of people, but when does it stop? You know, you're going into the schools, you're going into gymnasiums. So now the children don't even have a place to be able to vent, to be able to play, to be free, to laugh, to enjoy themselves. One of the things that I used to love about school was, you know, at, at lunch, <laughs> but also research. <laughs> to be able to just be myself, to run, to laugh, to play, to be a child. Now I got to worry about, like, you know, Elder Nancy said, I'm, I'm, this, this man is looking at me. I'm trying to go to the bathroom, and, 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 and somebody's looking at me, you know. Or, you know, I, I don't want to go past the gym because I feel funny when I when I go you know or, or you know any place you know any part of the cup who's going to say also okay fine you got them in the gym gymnasium now they're uh walking past the teacher in the, in, in the establishment you know the teacher yep. looks good to to him you know and yep. when the children are not playing when the children are not looking or even you know now again even when the children are looking you know you can take it upon yourself who's supposed to say that okay this is your perimeter and you're going to stay there 
This, this mm-hmm. is so wrong. So yeah. wrong in every avenue that I could possibly think of. Yeah, this is a mess. This is a mess. I said, you know, yesterday I said, this this puts everybody in danger. This puts the women in danger, the adults in danger to any man who wants, who has, you know, that type of urge or problem. This puts, uh, you know, people who are thieves, you know, this now endangers a janitor or another teacher who mm-hmm. is unsuspecting, mm-hmm. who might be just using the bathroom or, you know, now they are robbed. We know they can't lock doors. You know it's illegal. So in other words, you can't lock off without making sure there are a certain amount of uh, levels of egress. So in other words, you can't lock off a certain amount because that means locking them and endangering them in the event there's a fire or some hazardous condition. So that's not even an option. So that means that throughout the night, are you taking count? Is there a head count going on? And I said to Shantish yesterday afterwards, we talked, I said, okay, so here we go. Let's play the game from the opposite end. Let's say for argument's sake, they say we got to dump this school during school hours. So the 300 people that are housed in the school overnight have to be gone in between the hours of, let's say, 7 until, let's say, 7. What you doing with them? Now they walk in the streets in your neighborhood. There is nothing good about this plan. You now have 300 people without a job, without a place to go, without a thing to do, walking the streets. This here, they, I don't even want to hear that they are not, they were not prepared. To me, to hear this from a mayor, a city councilman, a, a governor, a president, I don't want to hear none of that. You're not prepared. Then they should be stopped, and your your plan that took place to let them here should now have to stop because they, this here you're not you weren't ready. I have another question. What happened to all the other real estate in this New York City? All the mm-hmm. real estate that we have. What happened to all of them that you have to now go into the schools? Oh, this is madness. Okay, ladies, I want to throw something else out at you. I was reading the comments. And for those of you who listened yesterday, I'm sorry, but we have to let the ladies have their uh, uh, opportunity to, to share. So here are some of the comments. How many of those parents who are complaining voted for Democrats in past elections? I'll bet that most of them did. So now they are getting a little taste of how citizens in border towns feel when they are invaded and overrun. Yep, it's an invasion, all right. And these parents were fine with it until it showed up in their backyard. Let's see what else they've said. Hmm. There's another there's another one that I wanted to make sure I read about the voters. Mm-hmm. Hold on, ladies. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. I could not be happier to see finally 
that the people who vote for these disgusting politicians are getting what they deserve. We never get to see the pain inflicted on the very people who cause it, but now we do. Hopefully, their impacted children will see the light someday and not vote Democrat. Yeah, that's how, that, that's how we throwing it out. That's how these Democrats hate us. But New York City will keep voting Democrats. The Democrats hurt our children during COVID by closing schools, and now they are putting illegal immigrants in schools. You need ID to enter a school, but the city welcomes illegal immigrants into the schools where our children are supposed to be. They will be roaming the halls. They will be outside the schools. This is not a solution to the problem Biden has created. They are illegal and getting food, shelter, phones, and now messing up our children's safety and education. Send them back on. We are getting what we deserve because we vote Democrat. Uh, we'll start with you, Lady Tamika. Oh, okay. We lost her for us. Oh, no, she's back. She's back. Okay, Lady Tamika, what say you? We voted yeah, for you. We're getting what we deserve. Now, I, I was able to, to hear that yesterday, and I was my mouth dropped open. Like, you know, <laughs> we understand that, you know, okay, fine, you, you voted re- Republican. And so that – this is not – so you do realize that regardless of who you voted, we all are now recipients of what's going on, you know. And so this this pointing finger thing, you know, this is a, a greater way of creating a divide. You know, I talked about that a while back where, you know, we're getting to the point where, you know, everybody's fighting against everybody, Republican against Democrat, women against men, older against younger, you know, and this, this is where all of that craziness comes from. You do realize that despite the fact of whether you're Republican or Democrat, this is the situation that we're dealing with now. And as opposed to pointing fingers, what are we going to do about it? That's that's the problem. That's what we need to do. Not point fingers. Fix the problem. All righty, Elgin show. We asked for it. We got it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the the flaw in humanity has always been where we point fingers at the other, right? Again, um, and I, I feel like today I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I keep reverting back to kind of being the, bringing a spiritual lens to it, which, you know, it, it's, who, it's who we are, but I also be, I like to speak from a practical perspective as well. But today I find myself continuously going back to this spiritual lens because, again, nothing is new under the sun. And this pointing at the Democrats versus the Republicans, this didn't begin uh, just with that. This began with Adam pointing the finger at Eve saying, it's this woman you gave me. She's the problem. Instead of identifying that sin is the problem, right, the separation between humanity and God is ultimately the problem here. And none of that 
help to confront the issue at hand. None of that points toward a solution. None of pointing the fingers at who is to blame because Republicans, you have, your greed has also caused the destruction of America. Your greed is why we have so many enemies and we have less allies with other countries. It was your greed and your destruction of relationships because of your bulldozing behavior, right, if we want to point fingers at each other, we can go back and forth throughout history to identify how both parties ultimately have caused the destruction of America. So that's number one, as we understand it today. Because did we point the finger at y'all with 9-11? Right? Because we could have, but, but, but I digress there. This, this ultimately... This really results in, in this idea of just pointing the finger at each other, and that leads us to nowhere. It serves us, it serves us no good. Ultimately, what we should be thinking about is that children are children, whether they are Republican or Democratic, because the children, again, they've not voted yet. They've not voted. Right. So your, <laughs> your celebration of the adults who made decisions, you think justifies the infringement upon our children. That's sad. That speaks of, of, of a black heart. That speaks of a darkened soul. That speaks of a narrow mind that would suggest that the, the, the impact or the, 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 the things that adults do, that our children should have to suffer for it. I, I mean, it it really is it's it's sad, and and it speaks to the degradation, in my opinion, of of humanity and the lack of regard for um, for our humanity. You know, as you ladies were speaking, something came to my mind. It came to my mind yesterday, and I may have said it, but it came to my mind in a little different. Um, manner, and I want to put this out on the floor and ask you ladies, you know, last week when we were talking about the, the Satan club, the satanic temple winning its way into the school out in Pennsylvania, and I said how we were rallying to get the teachers to pray in a did not. That doesn't speak for the entire teacher population. So for those of you who are thinking that, that's not where my thought was. However, we reached out to, well, I did, um, reached out to people who said that they were people of God. So see, my mind kind of goes where Elder Natisha's mind goes. My mind keeps going back to the war, not between Democrats and Republicans, but between, you know, the, the principalities. The war between the principalities. And I, I want to put it out on the floor. Again, is this a possibility? God is saying, okay, so I, I, I rang the alarm when the satanic club showed its face in the school and you did nothing as my people. <laughs> now. Your silence has now 
burst the gate. And now you don't only have the satanic temple up in your school. You have 300 potential. Now, again, I will say everybody is not necessarily bad because they're a migrant. However, because we have not had an opportunity to filter or sift through or check any background that you have a population possibly full of thieves and murderers and uh, pedophiles and all kinds of things. So because you didn't speak up properly, because you it was you you didn't rally together and fight this thing from a spiritual side, here you go. I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I'll start with Lady Tamika because her time is, is more limited. Lady Tamika, I'll start with you. <laughs> it, it's kind of like you, you, you kind of just let, you know, the enemy just have at it, you know. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to respond. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to rally. You don't want to pray. You know, you don't want to corporately pray. You don't even want to, you know, pray in your own, you know, on your own. And I'm not saying that it's not being done by some. But, you know, even in the word, it says, if my people who are called by my name, you know, and so so what are you doing? You just, you just standing by and idly allowing you know, the enemy, we have, we have recourses, we, we can fight, you know, and so by you not doing anything, it's almost as if you're saying, eh, you know, I confirm this, you know, when you don't do anything, you know, if your child is wayward and you don't do anything, the, the chaos continues, you know, and, the, and, and it feels the same way with the government, you don't, you, you know, you don't do anything, then, you know, when it's in your neighborhood, when it's over there, it's fine, well, now it's in your neighborhood, now what are you going to do? You know, do you not, do you idly watch chaos continue? You know, and, and as the days go on, I mean, I, I get to the point where I don't even want to hear the news because it's like, okay, first it was over there, then it was in Manhattan, you know, now it's in the gymnasium, you know, what's next, the churches? You know, let, I mean, let's just be real. It could be anywhere. And, and then with them saying that nothing is off the table, what, what's next? You know, sitting the you know just like they made, we have had allowances that were made during the pandemic. You never saw these um, restaurants outside on the sidewalk. So you know you you've got your restaurant there, and then you've got this place outside to eat. You know how do you know that they're not going to have little cubicles or little pods? You know in our neighborhood that you know will house twenty five, thirty five people. You know on every other block. That you know, think about it. It can be, it can be, it can go far beyond what we're even fathoming. You know, they're in the schools now. What else is next? You know, we have got to get some action going so that we can reverse this thing because it's it's a monster. It's huge. Shanti's. Mm-hmm. Now we okay. So initially, we may have had to pray for two hours. Together. Now, <laughs> we got to pray 10 hours together. True, false, which is good. 
Absolutely true. And it reminds me when Jesus says in the Bible, if you don't stand up for me against world opinion, I will not stand up for you before the Father. So if you are Millie Mouth, you claim to be mine, and you are Millie Mouth and you're just sitting here uh, allowing them to bully you into doing all of these demonic things, these blatant demonic things. This ain't something you got to read in between the lines and you got to go pull paperwork to see what's really going on. And they got this under a different code and you didn't know about it until someone leaked the information. All of this is done blatantly. But if you're not willing to stand up for Jesus, how are you looking for him to stand up for you? Because I don't understand how... You, it, even if you go up there and say, listen, I know y'all claim you can't talk about God in school, you can't bring God in school, but this is ridiculous. Like, it's like nothing is being said or done. It's like, oh, I may say I don't like it, but I'll drop my kid off to school and go to work. And until something else drastic happens, then you might hear something from me. But even if you hear something from them, it's not anything on a godly level. God is not coming out. And it's like, why is God being shushed? Even when these blatant things are happening, he's still being shushed because of what? Because of your comfortability? Because you're afraid? What is there to be afraid of at this point? They're showing they're not afraid to introduce your children to anything, to bring anything around your children. They're not afraid to do anything. So what are you afraid of? And then if you have, you know, someone on the outside, let's say like a me, uh, you know, someone who doesn't, who may not have children who go to that specific school or something like that, then the, you'll be looking at us like we crazy, but yeah, we'll be looking at you like you crazy, but like, oh, uh, you supposed to be here with us picketing, or saying something loud continuously, but it, I, I really don't understand what what the hope, what the fear is when God is allowing them to see that they are completely wrong and completely fearless to the point where they're ready to snatch your children out of your hands. They have so much more say over your kids than you do, but there's so much fear and letting it be known that you stand for the one who has already won the battle. But now you're conforming. So your silence says that I'm conforming to whatever they do. And that is why God is like, okay, I'll take a, a itty-bitty step further back because you're now with them. You're not for me. Because there's a time to be quiet and there's a time to speak up. You're choosing to be silent when it's time to speak. You're not for me. You're for the enemy. And I really hope that they understand that that's, the message that they're sending to God, clear as day. But I don't understand how nothing is being said, how you're not outside with a bullhorn praying. They do it on every other corner where ain't nothing happening. I was on, on Jamaica Avenue with all the shopping, no, I'm sorry, by the terminal. This guy had a huge sound system under the, <laughs> the bus trestle where everybody waiting for different buses. All you hear is Jesus this and Jesus that. And God, there wasn't nothing going on over there. It wasn't like fighting. Wasn't like, but here all this crazy stuff is going on around your children and no one says anything. That is sad. Oh, Elder Natisha, you know, I, 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 want, I, I would like you to address 
how it's okay for us to pray individually, but the corporate prayer can move and be a lot more infectious than your individual prayer. And it's now time for the teachers to, if, if there was ever time for a walkout, to yes. Yeah, the the word of God says that one shall chase a thousand and two shall chase ten thousand, right? And and what that speaks of is the power of God as we unite together as a unified voice. Um, when we do that, we are literally taking control of an atmosphere. It's 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 a, it's, it's it's creating a sound that offsets and fights back the demonic forces that exist in in our world and in our communities and in our societies. And so coming together for the corporate um, prayer time, it creates a power. It's the merging of power, right? God has given all of us power and authority individually. But when we all join together, we are coming together and joining forces and we are creating an atmosphere where God can show up. And when God shows up, the word of God tells us that every knee shall bow. So every strong tower, every strong man, every strong voice, every strong authority, every strong hold, every strong chain must be broken when we come together and create the sound that ignites and creates space and the fire of God to fall um, where we are. I mean, it's the reason why revival was so important, because when people got together, we created an atmosphere where God could move, where there were, it's, you know what it reminds me of, uh, it, it, if anyone has ever watched Elf, and uh, there was this scene in Central Park, and the, the, the meter on the sleigh kept going down because no one believed. And when the people gathered and they began to lift up Christmas songs, they made a sound. And people started, their hearts started rejoicing again. The meter started going up because people started believing again. Well, it's similar. That's where they pulled that from. They pulled it from a spiritual connotation because it's when the people of God come together and when there is faith in action, faith in motion, faith united, faith joined together, and it creates a space where now God can move and things can happen and change and hearts can get transformed. Yes, we, we, we need a revival um, in the land because here's what the word of God says. For we struggle not against flesh and blood, right? So don't think that this is just about democratic republics. This is not just right. about you know, the, the, right. the superficial, supernatural. What we're seeing are the symptoms of a deeper issue. <laughs> but it says, but against the rulers now. And I don't know, because often when we recite this, we just say it real loosely. But when you look at the text, it says, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. The word the indicates to us that there is one source 
by which it comes. Through authorities, through regardless of where it where it's coming from, there is still one source, the spiritual realm. And we can act like we want to ignore that if we want to and keep trying to fight with our votes thinking that that matters. We'll get nowhere. Yep. But it is in yep. the saints, the people of God coming together and praying together and lifting up our voice together. Amen, amen, ladies, amen. Oh, thank you so very much for your contribution into today's conversation. We thank God for you, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You all do the same. Thank, thank you. you. Thank have you. a blessed one. Thank you. Oh, you know what time it is. We, uh, our Pastor Charlene was not with us today. She is okay, just taking care of some things. So we uh, pray that all is well with our ladies who are not with us today. Let's hold hands and hold hearts and let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father God, (laughs) how do we thank you for where we are? All that we have come through, despite where we've been, despite how we've behaved, despite how we've been so ungrateful, despite we have not acknowledged you when we should, but you are still gracious to allow us to see another day, another opportunity to do things differently, another opportunity to get it right. Thank you, Father, for just awakening us today so that we could have this conversation, so that we could be hearers of this conversation, but ultimately that we could be doers of your word, that we would no longer sit by and allow these things to take place and do nothing. Sit with our hands folded, our legs crossed, and just wait for the next movement. Lord, we're lifting up this world before you. And Lord, we know your word says that the enemy is the prince. However, we know that you have total control. We know, dear Heavenly Father, that nothing would be if not for you. We understand that regardless of how it gets, you have a plan. Your word says at the end that everyone will acknowledge because we'll have no other choice. And dear Heavenly Father, we lift our children to you, God, as the pawns that are being just moved around on this chessboard. Everywhere we look, the children are being hit. Everywhere we look, the children are suffering. Everywhere, every direction we look, the children are being hit. God, they're innocent. They didn't ask to come here. They are innocent. They didn't ask to be in the school. They didn't ask to be in these wicked homes. They did not ask for any of this, God. So, Lord, we hand our children to you. For those of us who don't have any biological children, all the children belong to all of us, whether we have biological children or not. We all are caregivers 
to our children. And Lord, we pray for the powers that be here on earth. Those who have been allowed to govern. And Lord, we we rely too much on the vote and not enough on you. We think that our pens have power. But we're being shown that wherever we place our heart, that is what will rule. And now we have relied so heavily on who we're putting in office, whether the Democrats or the Republicans are better, and they have all shown that they don't care about any of us, that they all are serving some agenda that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we feel, what we think, or how we suffer at the end of the day, that it is all for self or a certain group of people, and that there will always be casualties of the war, regardless of who's in office, small office or big office. Your word says, those who are called by my name. So, Lord, we're praying that everyone who gets up and who puts a hat on, who claims to be yours, will stand up. Will stand up. Who are called by your name. Those of us who declare that we are yours, that we wake up, that we stand up, that we speak up, that we take control, that we take charge, that we all band and merge together, that we get together so that we can draw those who don't know you so that the army is larger and greater. We know you can do what you're going to do with a few, but that's not the point here. We understand that we're not doing our job. And that's why we're, we're just being rolled over by the bulldozer. It's as though, it's as though we're non-existent. But we're calling on you right now, God. Elder Natisha started off at war today in her prayer. Saying that we can just scream out. Peace be still. That if we band and merge together, this can turn around. We're so disappointed in who we voted in because they're not doing the job. That's because we're not calling on the one who can do the job. They will never do the job if they do not call on you first. And because they don't call on you at all. They're not doing what we need them to do. Lord, we pray that your teachers will raise themselves up. That their faith is not the only thing that's going to get this job done. That the works is what counts as well. And we have all of the LGBT community crying loud and strong. But yet we're over in a corner, silent. They have no qualms about standing up for what they believe in. 
for when the time comes to speak of you, to call on your name, where are we? So, Lord, we pray that today, today, as we're calling on you, that all of this gets turned around, that this prayer will make a difference, that you will have us rally together, that we will merge our thoughts, that we will take from you what we should do, and now we will begin to formulate the army based on your directive, your guidance, so that we can win this fight for our children. Because again, whether we have nieces, nephews, children, grandchildren, or no one, they all belong to us and they all belong to you. So we're crying out for them today, God. That we just come together and we truly hold hands and hold hearts to do what needs to be done. We pray over the safety of the schools that already are housing these individuals, dear God. And we pray that you put a protective barrier around our children. That you would even protect those migrants from one another. Because it becomes a dog-eat-dog world after a while. That you protect everyone on the premises, in the neighborhood, in the community, in this city, and all the other cities who have already begun this process or who will potentially now house these people in their schools. They've got to come up with a better plan. And the plan is there. But because they have no Jesus, they have no true plan. We're giving this to you, God, as we give you the glory and the honor to rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who had fallen unexpectedly very ill and could have lost their life. And I listened very intently. There was, there were words used. Um, I'm grateful to be here. Um, I'm happy to be alive. I never heard God mentioned. And as my regular vocabulary, I, I say things, you know, such as giving God thanks, you know, for your health and your protection and being over the doctors. And that's just, that's my vocabulary. So it sticks out to me when I don't hear it, especially when there's been tragedy or um, heartache or whatever the situation is, when it's been an unpleasant situation. My ears are kind of, you know, in tune. I listen. And the more I don't hear it, the more I listen for it. And I spoke, I would say maybe a good 20 minutes, there was not one, one word one mention of God, not grateful to God to be here, thankful for God sparing my life, or I give honor to God. When I tell you nothing, 
I mean nothing. And at one point I was wondering if there was an an intentional um, way of you not saying it, that that was, like, purposely done. That's what I'm trying to say. And you know what made me think of that? This, this conversation here. That the teachers who claim to, you know, live for Christ or whatever, that even with this, it's been being this bad, you still have not been together publicly. I don't know what you're doing in private. I think of the people, there will be some, in all tragedy, in all chaos, there are always people who will be drawn to God, even if there's one. But the masses are still out there. That's on the opposite side of the fence. And it amazes me that regardless of the chaos, regardless of the detrimental situations we're in, regardless of what's going on, there still will be people who will never, ever accept Christ. That the word of God says that even when the enemy will be changed for the 1,000 years and there's after he is let loose, there will still be people who will not accept Christ, which helps us to understand that this ain't got nothing to do with the enemy to a degree. That this is all self. This is our nasty flesh and spirit that still says, no thank you. And to think that it could get this bad and we still say, no thank you. It's why the people of God have got stand up because there will still be a larger number of those who say no thank you than those of us who say yes to his will and yes to his way. So we've got to be louder than we are people. Let's get in the fight and get in there with both feet. You've been listening to It's Duke Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Seth signing up, and I want to thank my Duke Time crew, our ladies, for always holding it down. We thank you for hanging out with us today. We pray and we pray that you will not let this opportunity go by right now to give Jesus your life right now. We pray that those of you who have accepted Christ will strengthen your relationship with God right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God says, where it's therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.